Welcome to St. James Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our online Zoom service held on Sunday, May the 30th, 2021. To join us online or for more information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. everyone hear me okay that's lovely well a welcome to everybody uh, particularly in your homes uh, if you live near or far as I know a lot of people are joining us from quite a distance so welcome to our service on Trinity Sunday and during which I'm going to try and uh, uh, unpack a little bit about an understanding of the Trinity and how it impacts on our lives. So I probably won't be looking so much at the passages, but looking at uh, the Trinity in general. And I'm very pleased to uh, welcome Ellie, who's going to lead our service for the first part, and then I'll take over from the reflection. So handing over to you, Ellie. Thank you, Ian. Um, So as Ian said, welcome. Before we begin our service this morning, can we take a moment to be still and remember that we're in the presence of God, loving creator, son who came to earth to share in human life with us and spirit dwelling deep in each of us. If you have a candle, can I invite you to light your candle now as a reminder of God's presence with us. Friend and stranger, welcome in the name of Jesus. We gather together, putting our trust in the grace and mercy of God. Amen. Amen. I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity. By invocation of the same, the three in one. confession and absolution. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. May God forgive us, Christ renew us, 
and the Spirit enable us to grow in love. Amen. Amen. Gloria, 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 Glory be to God on high. Gloria, 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 Glory be to God on high. And on earth peace to the people in whom God is well pleased. Our psalm today is a version of Psalm 121, written by Martin Rowe during the first lockdown. It was written as a lament and an expression of grief for all that Covid and lockdown has brought us. So it seemed appropriate to hear this as we emerge from lockdown together. Richard's going to put the psalm up on the screen, or you can simply listen as Liz reads it for us. I lift up my eyes from this lockdown. Outside, I cover my face. My friends become danger. I become threat. Inside, these walls close in, this safety and this cage. Inside, we're too close and a little distant. Inside, I'm alone, I'm scared. Outside, I step aside from you, hold my breath as you pass. I lift up my eyes from this lockdown. I thought plagues were the tantrums of a petulant God we no longer believe in. So why can't I see my parents? can't hold my grandchildren except on this screen that frees me as it captures me. I lift up my eyes, they are wet from my tears, why wouldn't I break down? We had our differences but what I said, it came out wrong. I have these regrets. My days slip through these dried out fingers raw from washing, wet from tears. I lift up my eyes from this lockdown. From where will my help come? I don't know if I believe in you. You don't make it easy. I don't have the strength to carry much belief. Is there someone who believes in me? who might carry me, hold me, might be present in ways I never knew, might be looking towards me as I lift up these eyes, with faith, with hope, with love. Is that too much to ask? Is that a prayer? My help comes in a window box the shy defiance of a yellow daffodil on a street, the mauve wisteria showing off, the discreet conversation of the trees, what must they say about us? The dance of every season, the dawn, the dusk, how they carry us. My help comes hidden inside PPE from those who heal, protect, Deliver food, run errands, who call me on the phone, across a street. Can you believe this? How's your day? 
My help comes from those who sit and listen when I no longer make sense, who wash me clean and break a broken blessing over me, who walk beside us when we die. They neither slumber nor sleep, no wonder they look exhausted, how they carry us. My help comes when I notice those who love me. I hold them tenderly in all this silence. The being held, the holding, the weighted joy that cradles all the sorrow, all the loss. All this love in all this life, how they carry us. I hold them all, they hold me. Wherever I go, they go with me. At my going out, my coming in, my end and my beginning, from this time forth, forevermore, even when I cannot catch another breath, still they breathe my life that I may breathe easy again. I lift up my eyes and find my help comes from knowing love is present against the odds and carries us. I lift up my eyes and see that love will keep our lives from this time forth forevermore. Glory to God, source of all being, eternal word and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. Amen. Our Gospel reading this morning is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one can do these things that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said this to you. You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you. We speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, 
but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Give thanks to the Lord for his glorious gospel. Praise to Christ our Lord. Thank you for those readers who brought those passages and psalm alive. As I said at the beginning of the service, I'm going to try and um, do my best to unpack a little bit about the mystery of the, the Trinity. It's quite a hard task in eight minutes or 10 minutes. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. And um, Karl Rahner, I don't know if you know him, who was the theological driving force behind uh, that fantastic Vatican II council document um, said that if the doctrine of the Trinity be dropped as false, the major part of Christian literature would remain unchanged and 95% of the lives of Christians would also remain unchanged, which is quite a staggering statement considering that it's one of our uh, faith's central foundation, foundational Christian doctrines wherein lies the very nature of the God that we worship. And amongst religions, that's quite unique, is that we worship uh, a relational God. So I'm going to try and use uh, image and metaphor to try and penetrate this mystery of the Trinity with the hope that um, we might be able to see how it impacts on our lives and that of our community. And one of the most enduring images of the Trinity is the well-known picture of Rublev's icon, which hopefully Richard might be able to share with us. Uh, you probably, many of you have seen this based on the Old Testament story where Abraham receives by the Oak of Mamre three visitors or angels who have since become a metaphor uh, for the Trinity. And I think one of the reasons that it's so popular is because it's not so easy to label the three people a specific gender. And as Julian of Norwich said, truly God is my father, truly God is my mother. And if we believe all humanity is created in the image of God, then we have to believe that God covers the spectrum of gender identity. And with this in mind, and the fact that last week the Black Lives Matter movement remembered the death of George Floyd, and uh, many black churches are actually, that's been their theme this week, and I think on Radio 4 this morning, uh, that was the theme of the service there. But it's made me wonder how much the predominant image of God as white and male has led to the oppression of people of colour and women throughout history. So during this reflection, Richard is going to share on the screen three reconstructions of Rublev's Trinity by the artist Meg Rowe. Um, and by coincidence, I chose the psalm uh, by Martin Rowe and uh, have asked him if we could use it and uh, was looking for images, reconstructions of Rublev's Trinity and could find none. none. But Carol actually sent me some uh, from this artist Meg Rowe, and I thought, I wonder if that's any relation to Martin. And I've since found out that it's his wife. So <laughs> you've got a big input from the Rose uh, today. And I suppose before we move on to the first image, I'd just ask the question how you might visually depict the three persons of the Trinity. 
Um, don't spend loads of time on this. Just your first instinct. Um, you might not, there might not be anything that comes. It might be more abstract. But how would you uh, depict what would be your predominant image? So if we look at the first image from Meg Rowe, and I'll carry on the sermon. So at the heart of Rublev's trinity is a sense of hospitality, mutuality, and relationship as the three persons of the Trinity share table fellowship, or that certainly they're around uh, a table, and they're looking towards one another with love and humility and respect. And I won't go into detail in analyzing the icon, but the overall composition creates a defined circular flow created by the bending of the bodies, the feet and the, the floor pedestals, the inclining of the heads, and the building, tree, and background all create a sort of circular sense. And this flow and movement of love has often been likened to a dance where you're open and responsive to your partner's every move. My son uh, uh, was at uh, Leeds Contemporary uh, School of Dance and one of the most inspiring things was watching young people do their performances at the end and how they related and responded to one another. And the Greek word used to describe the Trinity is perichoresis, which comes from uh, two words, peri, which literally means going around or circling, and corin, where we get choreography from, which means to give way and make room. And I love that expression, make room, as it describes the father, mother, Jesus and Holy Spirit making room for one another. And Richard Raw, a Catholic priest who many of you may know, suggests that it is in the movement, the space between the three persons, the dance itself, that the nature of God can be found. And in this space, there's this flow of perfect receiving and giving between them, a mutuality, an openness, a vulnerability, and desire to reveal their deepest selves to one another based on complete trust. So Raw suggests that God is not so much the dance or the dancer or the dancers, but the dance itself. I'll repeat that, that God is not so much the dancer or the dancers, but the dance itself. And throughout the gospels, you can see Jesus inviting people to become part of the dance, this flow of love, this giving and receiving of mutuality that is the very essence of God. In other words, God is making room for us to join the Trinity. And some in, in the passages in the Bible accept the invitation while others refuse. <clears throat> and perhaps most overtly, the woman who pours perfume over Jesus' feet joins in this mutual giving and receiving of love, while Simon the Pharisee looks on in judgment and refuses to join the dance. Similarly, in our passage, Nicodemus comes to Jesus under the cover of night, and Jesus effectively is inviting Nicodemus into the dance when he says, you must be born from above, born of water and the spirit. But to know God is to participate in the heavenly dance that's going on. 
And Francis McNutt, another Catholic priest, describes the invitation when he says, many years ago, I had a dream of the Trinity dancing. And in this dance, God's persons were filled with uh, contagious joy. And I remember wishing and yearning that I could join them in that intimate circular dance. And you can imagine my great joy when Jesus took me by the hand and included me in it. So what does this Trinitarian theology mean practically for our Christian lives and that of our community? And I think if we begin to understand how important the space is between the persons of the Trinity, then we need to see that the space between us and another is sacred. And as sacred as what's going on within us as individuals, those conversations that we have, those uh, times of connection. And you can begin to see how relational our faith is. And when we're able to participate in the dance of receiving and giving of life, then we're recreating the nature of God here on earth. And when we hinder, withhold or stop this flow between us, that's potentially, not always, I might add, where sin lies. So unforgiveness, a judgmental attitude, resentment, all stop the flow of connectedness, of mutuality, of love, of life. And this openness to receiving and giving to others is hard. It does require vulnerability. It requires strength. Uh, it requires humility, empathy, and a willingness to suffer. Because if we make room for another, they, we also make room for their sufferings. All of which lie at the heart of God and could be, be most vividly seen in the life and teaching of Jesus. And I think that's why he reserved some of his harshest criticism for the Pharisees who were righteous and did all the right outward observances, but refused to participate in the dance, Clothing, closing their hearts to the flow of receiving and giving love, even to the point of disapproving of healing on the Sabbath. So we do have many images, particularly Celtic images of the Trinity, which demonstrate this flow. Those lovely um, Celtic knots uh, show this. And they show this movement and flow and connection between and within God. But we also have um, a body prayer that's probably not as uh, more common in my Anglo-Catholic uh, tradition, which shows that when we make the sign of the cross, we are in effect, we're saying in the name, if you start up in the head, in the name of the father, mother, who is uh, for us, and we start with the head, we think and meditate of God, and we draw a vertical line down to our gut, the seat of compassion, and we say, and the son, the embodiment of God with us. Uh, and then we draw this horizontal line across our hearts uh, to the Holy Spirit who is in us and between us the spirit who sustains our world that connects us to one another and to Christ. So I think this body prayer that we use actually talks about this dance, the flow and con uh, connection between and within God and the flow and connection between ourselves. So I just end with a question that we might ask ourselves that I might ask myself, what are the blocks that prevent me, prevent us from joining the dance? What are the blocks 
that stop this flow of love and life between us and God and stop us from receiving and giving life to others. Amen. Just uh, have a moment's quiet to reflect on that and then Carol's going to lead us in our prayers. So good morning. Um, at various points during the um, prayer, I will say, Holy Three, draw us into your dance. I invite you to reply with that we and the whole earth may dance the dance of those who are set free. And if you're like me, that I often forget that as soon as somebody has said it, I've just put it in the chat if it's helpful to you. Holy Three, draw us into your dance, that we and the whole earth may dance the dance of those who are set free. Holy Three, we thank you for the wonders and the diversity of your creation, for the intricate interweavings and beautiful dance of the ecosystem that sustains our planet, our home, and of which we are a part. But when greed and power and fear of scarcity, rather than the knowledge of your grace-filled abundance, leads us to forget not only our fellow human beings, but all our earthly neighbours. Holy Three, draw us into your dance, that we and the whole earth may dance the dance of those who are set free. Holy Three, he, she, they. Thank you for the wondrous gift of the diversity of the human race, for the variety of peoples, cultures, genders, languages, customs, and of the many ways of celebrating you around the world. Thank you. And where we forget, where our own self-importance, where our own cultural history and faith has put others below ourselves and has narrowed our vision of you. Forgive us and teach us new ways and new steps for the dance. Holy Three, draw us into your dance, that we and the whole earth may dance the dance of those who are set free. Holy Three, the news on our TVs, radios, and in our newspapers and social media is heartbreaking. Violence, hate, destruction, and inequality seem to abound. Much of our world and its people are broken. 
Holy Three, we ask you now to draw near to our brothers and sisters in Colombia, where anti-government protests have claimed dozens of lives. In Canada, where the remains of 215 children have been found at a former residential school. In Northern Tigray, Ethiopia, where many are traumatized by violence and where the more than 200 people have been displaced in the ongoing conflict there. In India, where the COVID pandemic continues to rage, leaving healthcare systems and carers overwhelmed and millions grieving and feeling powerless and angry. In Israel and Palestine, where constant hate, cruelty and destruction just leave us wordless. And in the silence, let us bring these and other places and situations we know to the Holy Trinity. Holy Three, draw us into your dance, that we and the whole earth may dance the dance of those who are set free. Holy Three, many in our own nation are struggling to dance in these current times. Many are grieving, many are struggling. Many are living in constant flux, fearful of uncertainty, of uncertain futures. For many, poverty and inequality have become the norm. Forgive us that this is so and help us to do what we can to help those in need and to change this broken system. Holy Three, draw us into your dance, that we and the whole earth may dance the dance of those who are set free. Holy Three, there are those known to us, each of us today, who are struggling to dance this day. Those known to us who are suffering for whatever reason, those who are unwell, in pain, grieving, struggling with depression. Perhaps for some of us, this is ourselves. So in the silence, bring those and yourselves before the God, the Holy Three. Holy Three, draw us into your dance, that we and the whole earth may dance the dance of those who are set free. Holy Three, we thank you for this congregation, for being able to worship together today 
for each one of us. We thank you. We thank you for the recent gift of Ian and his family to join us here. And we ask particularly for your blessing on Ian this morning as he leads us forward in these strange and new times. Give him wisdom, courage, strength, empathy, love. But teach us all to learn to dance together well, to encourage one another, to pick each other, other up when we forget the steps, when we stumble. Teach us to widen our dance, to be open to all, to be open to change, to be open to being transformed by your love in whatever unexpected ways that will come. Because the wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone of the spirit. So Holy Three, draw us into your dance, that we and the whole earth may dance the dance of those who are set free. Amen. Thank you, Carol, for those very powerful prayers. I think with all that's going on in the world, uh, make it even more important that we bring something of heaven uh, on earth and bring something of that, that joy uh, that comes with that metaphor of, of the dance. And so we're now going to come to the piece and I wonder uh, if we change it slightly and we do that, the body prayer, thinking of the connection between uh, what's going on in the Trinity, but also the connection uh, between ourselves if we, uh, to one another, uh, make that sign. So we meet in Christ's name. Let us share his peace. Lord God, as we come to share the richness of your table, we cannot forget the rawness of the earth. We cannot take bread and forget those who are hungry. Your world is one world and we are stewards of its nourishment. Lord, put our prosperity at the service of the poor. We cannot drink and forget those who are thirsty. The ground and the rootless, the earth and its weary people cry out for justice. Lord, put our fullness at the service of the empty. We cannot hear your words of peace and forget our world in crisis and all those who are struggling, afraid and grieving. Show us quickly, Lord, how to reach out in love and compassion to our neighbour near and far. So just to see if there are any notices to share with us all today. Just to say that the vestry are um, meeting uh, to discuss about opening up and how we open up and uh, um, hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later. But 
in terms of opening up, we still plan to do hybrid services. So it will still, the services are still going to be available uh, over Zoom. But just to say that is um, uh, an urgent uh, uh, thing that we are looking at. And hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. Thank you. So our song, Love is the Touch, connects with much of what we've heard today. And it's in a very gentle, almost a waltzing time. So you could imagine a, a gentle dance and you're very welcome to sing along if you'd like to at home. One, one, two, Love is the light in the time. 